You know, Jerry, I, yes, I, I had my magic eight ball out last night, and I shook it and said, are we going to have hockey? And I sh- shook it and it said, yes. Well, the NHL released a 21-page document yesterday, and we weren't going to read it, Torg and I, because we had Aaron Portsline coming on. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good. Is it... Uh, what is the word here? I know it's still questionable, but after yesterday's uh, the the league released that document, what do you think? We gonna play? Well, I'm, I, I think I should have been a lawyer to get through some of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, all they've agreed on to this point really is what it would look like if they come back. There's still, at least they agree on that, but there are still a ton of questions as to how this would work. Um, the quarantine, who would be allowed in and out? Would family be able to be part of that in the hotel with the the team? I mean, it's easy to say shut up and play, but for some of these guys, you'd be talking almost three months if you're truly quarantined doing nothing but hotel and arena back and forth. I don't know how feasible that is. And it would be two hub cities, correct? So you'd have like 500 players in these two cities, and it would just basically be a Stanley Cup tournament for two months, yeah, three so months? Boy, I don't know. Yeah, no, if they do two two cities, it would be 12 teams in each. If they do four cities, which I think is still out there as a possibility, it would be six teams in each. So for each team, you're probably, you know, in a typical, during the season, so these are not typical times, but just for a framework, during the season, most teams travel with between 42 and 48 people total, including players, training staff, coaches, uh, support personnel and such. Uh, even if that goes down to 40, uh, you're talking 40 times 12, so 480 people yeah. uh, just just with the teams, and that doesn't count the league personnel that would, of course, be here. doesn't count the league medical personnel that would be here for testing, et cetera. So it, you're talking about a huge they would be, It'd be tough to pull off. Hotel. It'd be tough. Aaron Portsline of the Athletics with us. With hotels, I mean, is the Blue Jackets in the running for this? Do they have enough uh, hotels and room for everybody? They do. I mean, the question is, I think they're more likely if it's a – I think it's so possible for either, but more likely if they're a six-team uh, hub rather than a 12. If they do 12, they would almost certainly have to use two hotels. Uh, I was told that the Hilton – is so close to the Nationwide Arena, a, a really nice hotel, obviously, would be the, the choice in Columbus, but it, it's got 532 rooms, which sounds like a lot, but if you're putting 12 teams here, uh, again, with all of the additional personnel, that's going to be a stretch. And the idea is that they would take over these hotels, take them over, uh, ideally one team per floor. So in Columbus, if it's a 12-team uh, in Hub City, you'd need at least two hotels. It's like camp. Wow. It's like going wow. to camp, man. Now, how many nationwide arena? I got to assume how many locker rooms does each arena have? Some might have six. Some might have eight. What is nationwide? Because I would assume if you are social distancing, you might want to have teams. Uh, even the same team could be in two different locker rooms, right? Um, well, you, I think they would dedicate a locker room for a team because that okay. way if one guy gets it, you wouldn't have to drag down. Uh, more than his team. So, but if you look at Columbus, obviously the Blue Jackets have the room. Obviously, there's a visitors' room. There's a space between uh, the Blue Jackets' room and on their way to their bench, where there's room for another team there. So 
that would be interesting if you're playing that team. Over in the practice rink, I think they could put together at least two more dressing rooms just as it is configured right now. And they could turn some of the high school dressing rooms over there. St. Charles has a space. UA has a space. The AAA Blue Jackets have a space. They could retrofit those however they need to uh, for NHL players. The challenge is you need rooms, not just space for these guys to dress, but also showers. And Columbus, I think at this point, could do five for sure. Would have to make some changes, but they could do up to eight uh, dressing rooms with space to shower. Okay, and where do we stand now? Now, when do players, I think it's like six players at a time, can work out, and then they got to clean up and then have six right. more. When does that start? Uh, that would be early June. That's the most descriptive they've been right now. So early June, and some of those guys would be able to do that where they are now. So a lot of guys like Felino's back in Sudbury, Ontario now. David Savard is in Quebec. So they wouldn't all have to be in Columbus to do that. Um, I think there are probably 18 players in Columbus, so that would be three sessions basically a day. Okay, what now? I would have to assume, and you see it in college, and I don't, maybe a couple guys in the pros, those clear full shields, would they make guys wear those? Um, That's one of those things that needs to be, that would have to be negotiated. I mean, the one thing is, if you're saying that all of these guys have been quarantined, all of these guys are clear, and nobody has stepped inside the bubble, then you don't need to be as restrictive about things as you would otherwise. If there's, quote, contamination, people yeah. coming and leaving. Um, so, yeah, I, I think these are all things. And some of the players are trying to sort of tap the brakes here on the idea that it, that, it's, that this is good to go and, and we're off and running. It's just it's in the very initial stages. I think, honestly, the players and some people in the league are hoping that as the summer moves along and more people are continuing to branch out, just to look at it, see what happens, see how careful they have to be, and maybe it won't be uh, so restrictive. The things that guys worry about is, what if my wife is pregnant? Can I leave without, and I'm going to leave, I'm not missing that. Do I have to wait two weeks to come back in? What if somebody in my family gets sick? Am I going to leave and need to wait two weeks to get back into the, there's just all sorts of, of, of ramifications to this based upon how secure it has to be. And it just seems to me that the National Hockey League players are so much easier to work with through their players association than, say, Major League Baseball. If hockey could get back, NBA still questionable, baseball, boy, I don't know. If they had it all to themselves July, August, that would be great. But, boy, if they're all back at the same time, it's just going to be kind of a – it's going to be tough to pull off these for these it's leagues. Gonna be- Chaos watching it will the NHL be. playoffs at the same time the Masters is being played in the fall. You're just be like, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? There's going to be like fall foliage in, in Augusta, which is going to be bizarre watching the Masters. Right. And that's uh, it's, it's a weird world. And it's going to be because already we can say that next season now is almost surely impacted if they try to do this. Because this season may not end until mid-September. So maybe next season doesn't start until December. If they they need an off season, they have to give the guys a break. So yeah, and you yeah. wonder what permanent changes will come of all this. Maybe there is. Maybe there's a you know you knock a few months off the beginning and then they go. Hey, that worked pretty well. The NBA is a summer sport. They should be playing in the summer. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it is strange, isn't it? Like you, you see the baseball restrictions that they can't spit, and you're thinking, wow, what is baseball if you can't have sunflower seeds and fire those around in the dugout? Maybe this is the last time we've seen that. Like maybe players just drift away from that period if it becomes a habit this summer. Sure. To get 
Yeah, bring back chewing tobacco. It's going to be so <laughs> weird. Why are you still spitting? So I'd have to assume, though, Porty, with, you know, Torts is not the same guy he was in New York and Tampa. He's changed it, and he even changed from what he was last year, and the players bought in. I would have to assume when you're dealing with the psychological part of the game, and that's there's going to be a lot of it, it's big advantage Team Blue Jackets with a guy like Torts but running things. Well, the interesting thing is they'll play the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in, by this format. They would play them first in the buy-in round. And that you talk about a contrast of skills and, and skill sets. That, that Leafs team loves to get up and run and score. They cannot defend. They struggle keeping the puck out of their net. The Blue Jackets are the exact opposite. I'm fascinated to see what becomes of this because typically in the playoffs, the more defensively sound teams survive and advance. But this is going to be, you think about how how quickly, instantaneously, this is going to get up to pace. And the team that finds its way, that gets its timing down right, is going to be at a huge advantage in the best of five series. Yeah. The other thing is the team that survives that first the buy-in round is going to have played at minimum three games at playoff pace, maybe five. And they're stepping in against the team that got a buy in the first round yeah. that played payoff pace. That is a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would I'm be must see TV. It would it would be exciting. If what what it just, really would be Josh Anderson probably the only guy who wouldn't play. Uh, it, well, and Dubinsky. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dubinsky yeah. Well, I've kind of scratched out. him out just because I don't think he's coming back. Correct. I yeah. agree. Uh, Anderson's thing is is he could be the range of recovery was from early July to early September. So this is right in the wheelhouse. I mean, a guy you thought would, was absolutely done for the year and frankly, maybe done period with the Blue Jackets, the way that that uh, relationship has set up here contracts wise, he may be traded this summer if he doesn't want to be here long term. Um, the chances of him playing for the Blue Jackets again seemed almost nil. When he had shoulder surgery, now there's the fighting chance, you would think. Now, what's the – because there's been guys – I'll use an example. uh, Derek Rose of the uh, Bulls, remember when he was healthy and they said, hey, you can play? And he goes, no, I'm going to take the season off. With what you just said with Josh Anderson, and we know it – the negotiations haven't gone well. Could it be a thing where they say, all right, you can play, but you're going to play with pain and you got to gut it out? Or would he just say, well, I'm a restricted free agent and things haven't gone well. Why don't I sit this one out? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a legit question from his perspective, uh, quite frankly. Shoulder surgeries are not small. That is a, that is a hugely important joint and a, a very um, convoluted surgery. The recovery of it is long. If you need your shoulders to play hockey, especially the way he plays, yeah. If he's not 100, percent and you have to trust the player on this, um, does he go back into the lineup? He should be okay. The long term is early September, um, so it, you know there will be pressure on him to play. But I don't know that it's any different than a normal situation where you know it is ultimately the player's choice. Does he feel? Uh, good enough to play. The question that will arise is: Does Josh Anderson want to play yeah. for the Blue Jackets? Yeah, and right? I wonder. I wonder also, Aaron, uh, veteran players in all the leagues. If maybe you're on, you're in the September of your career, and you talk to your wife, or you look at your bank account, and maybe you weren't going to retire. Maybe you just uh, kind of walk off into the sunset here. I wonder how many veterans will even bother coming back. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean. These, uh, you think of the, the the lockouts through the years and how it's always been so different on the other side of that. The players that you forget about 
that didn't get contracts. The one thing that could could lead to that more than anything else is if the salary cap goes significantly down, and it sure looks like it will. There just won't be room for guys. And Josh mm-hmm. Anderson's going to get a job, but there are veteran players, uh, as you said, in the twilight of their career that maybe when the music stops, there won't be a chair for them to sit in. That's a very real possibility. Well, Porty, we appreciate it. Let's keep in touch, man, and hopefully we're playing hockey here in about a month or so. Always, boys. Look forward to it. Thanks, Aaron. Take care.